Okay. So after two days of questions, we're ready for the answer. So the basic answer the Rev is going to explain is that if we reread this section from the Zohar, from Rai Mahemna carefully, we see that it's not the laws or the study of the laws that are coming from the energy of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This term from the tree of knowledge of good and evil is applying to the actual thing itself, the food. Whatever we're saying is prohibited or permitted. Those items derive their life force from klipas naiga, from that admixture of good and evil. But the study of the laws, the laws concerning those items, that's Tyra, that's godliness, that's pure holiness, that's the tree of life. So that is what the says in brief. That if you're looking at this quote, you'll see it doesn't say the teachings of the prohibition and permission or the laws of the prohibition and permission, but the actual things themselves. The actual things that are prohibited or permissible are all klipas naiga, are all this spiritual admixture of good and evil, depending on man's use, can be elevated to godliness or lowered to absolute evil. In other words, we have items in this world that are from absolute evil, what we call klipas tameos which means they are forbidden. Forbidden, in the Hebrew, usr, is etymologically coming from the word tied, because they're tied to evil. Whatever great godly intent you have, if you take something, God said, no, thou shalt not gossip, thou shalt not eat pig, thou shalt not wear a mixture of wool and linen, and you use it with all the greatest godliest intentions in the world, it doesn't make a difference. It's prohibited, it's usr, it's tied to evil. But if you take something permissible and you use it to serve God, you are taking that admixture of good and evil and you're elevating it from this state of klipas naiga where there is tremendous barriers around the godly energy and you're shifting it to the realm of pure godliness, kedusha. And conversely, if you took that permissible item and used it in an inappropriate against God anti-God's will fashion, you'll be taking that admixture of good and evil and lowering it to absolute evil. And basically, when we would, if we think of food, which is the simplest item to think of, if you have a specific intent that you're eating this kosher food to serve God, and you then do so, wow, that food from being from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, being this admixture of good and evil, it elevates to godliness to direct pure, straight godliness because you're, it was permissible. It was not tied, just as forbidden is from the word etymologically tied to evil. Permissible, mutar, is etymologically meaning untied. It's not tied to the evil, so it can be elevated. So when you eat with the intent to serve God, this kosher food you're now using to energize the service of God, and then you serve God with that energy of that food, that food goes directly to the realm of godliness. Even if you didn't have intent, if you ate and then served God, all those calories that are now expended in serving God of that kosher food, all is elevated to godliness, even without intent, because it's truly fueling your service of God. On Shabbos, it's even easier. Because on Shabbos, 
the Klippas Neige itself, this spiritual energy that is untied from evil, but not yet on the level of holiness, but could be on the level of holiness if you do it right, this Klippas Neige itself is elevated. That's what Shabbos means. Shabbos is the elevation of all the worlds. And that's why on the Shabbos, it is such a good thing to eat lots and lots of kosher foods for the sake of enjoying the Shabbos. Even if you don't need all these calories to serve God, and you're eating far more calories than you're ever going to burn to serve God, you don't need all this meat, you don't need all this wine, you don't need all this chocolate. And on the weekday, we say, why are you overeating? That's not right. That's not a godly behavior, even though it's kosher, but it's not godly to eat like that. You eat to serve. But on the Shabbos, it will ascend because Shabbos is about ascension. So if something is klipas naga, if something is coming from this admixture of good and evil, on the Shabbos it's ascending upward. So if you can utilize it, I want to enjoy the Shabbos. Give me another piece of chocolate. It's ascending the chocolate in a way far easier than during the weekday where you'd actually have to use those energies to serve God. Now, of course, we're not talking about food that's forbidden. Because if the food is forbidden, you cannot elevate it even if you sincerely try to serve God with all those calories, it doesn't get elevated, not on the weekday and not on Shabbos. Because again, it's prohibited. Prohibited, usur, tied, tied to evil, cannot elevate it. But if it's permissible, untied, the weekday you can elevate it with your intent. You can elevate it by using its energy to serve God. And on Shabbos, you can just elevate it by enjoying it. And knowing, hey, it's Shabbos. I'm enjoying my food because I want to enjoy the Shabbos. And that in itself elevates it. But that's all about the items. What truly this piece of Zohar is talking about. The items of Klippas Mega. The items getting their energy from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This admixture of good and evil. But the study of the laws. The study of laws of things prohibited. The study of the laws of impurity. Not the objects, but the laws. This is Tyra. This is all Tyra. This is all pure godliness. This is all the divine attribute of Machus, of God's sovereignty, the tenth divine attribute that we've spoken of so many times, in the highest spiritual world, the world of Atsilas, the world of animation, emanation, the world animating directly from God himself. Actually, we say sovereignty, Malchus, is called the mouth, speech which connects to all of these laws because all of these laws are the oral Torah. That part of Torah that was not originally written down, though now it is, but that's part of Torah that was spoken by the mouth, by sovereignty, God's tenth attribute, which is his mouth, his speech. And this is in the highest spiritual world, where as we've already learned, he and his attributes are one. So in that highest world, if I'm saying this Torah is from the divine attribute of sovereignty, that means it's absolutely one with God. That means the infinity of God is absolutely united with it. God, his will, his wisdom are all one with his speech, sovereignty, which is this Torah. 